0: Back, 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 back. Salutations and shit. Good folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Travel and Shit, where I your host, D Carrie, have a conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. Um, this week is more of a housekeeping episode, if you will. This is, uh, dedicated to the before and the after the small things, the administrative tasks of travel, if you will. A lot of times we get so caught up in the, um, experience of a vacation in, um, knowing that we're going to be able to explore, do something new, new foods, new places, all the new things, right? However, it is my personal belief That part of being an intentional traveler includes making sure that you're able to, um, maximize your trips, if you will, make sure that you're able to get the most out of your trips. One thing that I have learned the hard way is that a little, what is it? Um, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of something, cleaning it up. You get the point, right? You'd rather do a little bit, put a little effort into something before it becomes a clusterfuck. So I've come up with the list of things that I always, always, always check on and follow through with before and after I take a trip because there's no way that I could fully honor myself and the benefits that I want to be able to bring from the travel if I didn't extend that level of mindfulness that I am that I practice while I travel to the actions leading up to and following the travel. So I like to, you know, even if I've been ignoring some of these things prior or if they um you know weren't important as important, if you will, prior to my travel, I like to make sure that I put these things in order. This is a list of things basically that I like to keep ready or listen, this is the shit that's made my life easier coming back from traveling. I promise you give it a shot and see how you feel after your next trip. And especially considering summer's come like summer's here. We ready to be outside whether you're vaccinated, whether whether you're ready to travel, um, whether you're just planning on traveling, consider adding these things to your planning list. So here we go. Clean. I am by no means domestic. I do not enjoy anything um, other than decorating my house. I like buying new things. I like uh, adding plants and things to the space. I actually have um, this room has probably like seven plants in it. You can't tell from here, but there are seven. Um, Oh, actually, four, five, six. There are actually eight, but one of them's on his way to the upper room. Um, Clean. You absolutely, absolutely do not want to come home to a dirty house unless you do. And if that's you, ignore this part. But... If you want for the ability to really be able to come home and just like breathe or to come home and then tackle anything new that may have arisen while you were gone or to focus on anything that may have come up for you while you were traveling or to really just continue the trend of relaxing, you don't want to come home to a dirty house, but more particularly the little things in housekeeping, if you will, that would make for a terrible return. Take your trash out. You do not want to spend a week away, especially not in the summertime to a house that smells like hot trash. Take your trash out before you go. Wash your dishes. You do not want to leave dishes in your sink for four days or a week or however long you're going to be there. If that's What you do while you're home, at least you're there to rinse things out, to move things around. You don't want the water or whatever is in your dishes to stagnate and be gross. Also, it's fucking nasty. Um, Your windows, are you going to leave them cracked? Are you going to make sure they're closed? If it's going to rain where you are, you don't want, even if you're like, say on the 12th floor and you have no problem leaving your windows open for circulation, you don't want it to rain your apartment while you're not there. So consider keeping them all the way closed if the weather's gonna be shit or if there's really no middle ground to having them open a little and not allowing for any rain to come in, should that be an issue. Also consider whether or not you are someplace where someone could get into your stuff. Uh, And by stuff, I mean your actual apartment. (laughs) Um, What else? Also little things like, not little things, but yeah, they're little things. This is like extra mile shit. Like change your sheets, change your towels so that when you come home, shower and get into a fresh bed like it's just that cherry on the top the icing on the cake the rainbow sprinkles on your ice cream which for me uh very berry strawberry from baskin robbins is my favorite uh ice cream to order if i'm out and about in these here streets i also mr softy classic if you're not familiar with mr softy it's the ice cream man that come around The blocks in New York. I always go for a soft serve vanilla in a cup because I'm an adult and I'm not going to rush. Um, I always get vanilla soft serve and rainbow sprinkles. Other than that, I will not eat vanilla ice cream. I mean, I won't say I will not, but it ain't my thing. Love strawberry ice cream. Love raspberry sorbet. That's a tangent, but just had to put that out there. But my absolute favorite ice cream is Ben & Jerry's cherry garcia gift of the gods love the shit um your laundry if you so happen to have it on your spirit to do all your laundry before you go god bless you i may have done that once in my entire life but the shit felt good when i came back and knew that when i was returning that everything else that i didn't bring with me to the trip was clean um And this way I could just throw on whatever over the course of, you know, the next days while being home and not really wanting to do much because I not necessarily overdid it while I was traveling, but decided to, you know, really move to get around to get out, see, do experience, feel and be outside. So the last thing I want to do is have to like sort through stuff that's left and think of an outfit as opposed to putting on something tried and true that I know matches and the shit's clean. What else do I have? Get your money right. So know your exchange rate. You want to just ask the internet, Google what the exchange rate is going to be. You don't want to get um not the exchange rate. The um damn what is it called? Is it the exchange rate? I want to say it is the exchange. You want to know whether or not your dollar, your currency carries any weight. The exchange rate is more so going to apply if you have to change money in another location. So if I'm going, um, I live in New York, I'm going from the United States to, say, London. The pound is, well, the last time I was there, I was there in 2019, I believe. 2018, 2019. At the time, our dollar was maybe one and a half pounds. So the pound, I don't know, the pound was worth more than the dollar. So it, every dollar was worth not even a full pound, if that makes sense, right? So one, you wanna know if you're going to be paying, uh, say 3% at the um, exchange counter, or if you can go to your bank and actually withdraw in from your account, the currency that you'll be spending in whatever the destination is. I personally like just going to an ATM in whatever country I'm in and I just pay my ATM fee. That's it. Like the foreign exchange rate for my bank, as opposed to paying the exchange rate at a conversion counter or at, um, you know, uh, one of those, a lot of times you'll find kiosks at the airport or you'll find kiosks in touristy areas that will exchange your monies for you. Um, I personally don't like dealing with all of that. One, I feel like it absolutely singles me out as a tourist and two, they have to make a, they have to make a profit. There's going to be a service fee. There's always some way that they're going to get over on you. And I just don't trust them. I promise you, I've always felt like the person at the exchange counter was more shady than people I've run into, like in alleys and, and weird, like back corners and you know what I mean? Just like those places or in those experiences where you feel like you might run into somebody that's mad shady. I feel like the conversion desk people are even shadier, not because they themselves are terrible people, but just the entity, like the exist, the idea of paying someone to swap money. It's a business. I get it. I don't like it. I personally like going to an ATM because like I said, you're only going to pay your bank's exchange rates, but I don't know what bank you have. I don't know who you bank with. That may not be the case for you. I bank with Chase. That works for me. Um, let's see. I mentioned you want to know if the, um, your currency carries any weight when you go someplace, you don't want to go out there and in your mind have say, uh, a hundred dollars to spend every day. But if you are going someplace where 100 U.S. dollars equals, say, I don't know, 75 pounds, I don't know if that's an accurate conversion. But in your mind, you're spending dollars. And you're also spending relative to where it is in the States. If you live in the States, you live or if you just consider what is a bottle of water worth where you live. I know we were in Philly, I was very surprised, not surprised, but I was excited to see um they had like the 2 tall liter bottles like 2 for 250. That's it granted, you could probably find them in New York for like I don't know when the last time I went to a damn store was. Um maybe like two for three, two for five, if you're in the city, like if you're in Manhattan or something like that. But think of something that you know you're going to have to buy and then consider how much it may be in the area that you're going to. Um, I know something as simple as a mani and petty in New York. You can find some place to do it for like $25, $30. I know in places like Kentucky, the average mani-pedi might start at 40 45 or 35, different places have different prices for services and products based on where they're located and just the norm of that area. So that's something you wanna consider before you go someplace. Is this a country that is generally very expensive? Are the taxes imposed on uh, different services really astronomical or to the point where you have to, you know, consider bringing more money just to account for stuff like that? Or are you going to a destination where everything is relatively inexpensive to what you're used to so you're able to, you know, stretch your money a little bit further? I know, for example, in Bali, everything was incredibly inexpensive compared to what I would pay for the same things back home in the United States. I could get a one hour massage in Bali for seven dollars. Whereas an hour massage, let's do it this way. An hour massage in my home. I actually got a two hour massage. The woman came to the house I was staying at and did the massage in house. And I want to say I spent maybe $30 for it. Maybe. However, I was also able to go to the site and get a massage for like $7 for an hour. And I ended up giving the price for her to come to the house because I know that I can get a massage in my house for maybe 185, give or take. So 30 versus 185, you go to a, um, massage space. I don't know if you go to say, um, I don't know. I don't, can't even think of a massage chain or something, but if you go to place to get a massage, you're going to spend upwards of $100 minimum 125 165 i would think is average for you know uh, a 60 minute swedish massage if you will seven dollars in bali full-on meals for five dollars you know what i mean like everything was very inexpensive contrary to that experience in um let's see, what was the most expensive? I would say probably London, I feel like was the most expensive place only because the exchange, like the dollar did not carry any weight. And I ended up exchanging from uh, y'all, London was just stressful for me. So maybe I'm just carrying that, but I feel like I'd already converted some cash to euros, which at the time they were almost comparable. They may have been a couple of uh, cents off one way or the other where the euro may have been a little bit more valuable but in terms of an exchange if I was spending you know 10 euros it may have actually been like nine dollars or something like that. Um, but then I had to exchange to pounds because they didn't accept dollars and I don't think they accepted euros everywhere. I think some places may have accepted euros and then again, a lot of places are, they accept more than one currency. I feel like Italy accepted more than one currency. I don't really remember. Again, I tend to just use cards, but since I bought that up, keep cash on hand. I like to travel with cash Shout out to my parents. I'm grown, but they always, uh, throw me a little cash, you know, as if I'm, you know, the 17 year old kid going to a party. But, um, Shout out to them. They always slap me a little cash, you know, don't stop. I love it. Um, but I like to always travel with cash. I try to make sure that I go to the ATM, go to the bank and withdraw cash so that I can exchange cash in hand for, um, little goods and services to have money on hand for tips and the such. And I will even make sure that I have, dollars, American dollars in hand. So that if I, for some reason in small denominations in smaller denominations, if you will, um, for one thing, I try to like buy something at the airport to break it. If I need it to be a little smaller, like a dollar here, $5 here, or, you know, a couple of singles this way, if you can't necessarily tip somebody in their currency in a lot of places, the dollar still carries a lot of weight. So if you just want to slide them a little, thank you, Depending on where you are, it may be inconvenient for them to do the car- the exchange rate if you don't have cash, like in their currency, but I always like to have it as a backup. Also for little things that I have to pick up, incidentals that I don't want to spend out of what I've allotted mentally for uh, spending while abroad, like in travel. Um, but that being said, I also always, always, always carry some... um cash in whatever the denomination or no, whatever the currency is in the country that I'm visiting because not everywhere takes cards. Simple. Uh, something as simple as you get in a taxi. The last thing you want is to get all the way to your destination. Just having made it through, you know, a language barrier and now have to navigate. Oh, So you don't take cards. Now, can you take me to an ATM? Those kinds of things. I always try to hit an ATM. This is another thing that I had to learn the hard way. I always try and hit an ATM before I leave the airport so that I will have cash on hand so that I can pay for any taxis or so that I can, you know, tip somebody if I pick something up on the street or if you just want to buy something like bottled water and some chips when you get out of the airport or if you want to buy whatever the fuck you want to buy. A lot of places don't take cards. And the last thing that you want to do is, um, you know, put yourself in a situation where you can't do anything when you want to do it. You don't want to be beholden to now having to find an ATM someplace in a new environment. And you don't also want to have to do it while someone is waiting for you to pay for products or services that you've already um, been given. So keep that in mind. What else did I have on here? Water your plants. Make sure your plants are straight before you leave. The last thing you want to do is come home from an incredible trip and realize that five out of 30 of your plants are gone. I love my plants. So I always try to make sure that they, you know, are pruned and everybody's got some water and that everything is squared away before I leave this way. I don't come home to any casualties. Pet care, is your pet good if you have one? Is someone gonna walk, feed your fish? Is someone going to walk your dog? Is someone taking care of your pet and your pet furry babies while you are abroad? Thankfully, um, my parents look out for my dog. She goes on vacation when I go on vacation because in true grandparent fashion, they let her do whatever the fuck she wants. Um, but she generally does that here as well. So I ain't gonna hold you. But make sure your pets are squared away. Don't wait until like four days before your trip to hit a friend up that you thought was going to be able to do it or that you figured would be okay with adding the dog or the cat or whatever to the house or stopping by and find out they've booked a trip or that they've got some kind of family obligation or something that's come up and they can't watch your, your furry kid. So square away your pet care, When you're booking your accommodations and you're booking your flights, because the last thing you want to do is have to change or really have to overspend or tap into your travel budget to pay for boarding for, um, you know, uh, an animal. Your mail. Do you have someone to come get your mail or do you need to stop your mail? Is your mailbox equipped to, you know, um, receive the amount of mail that you may get in a week without somebody going to check your stuff? You want to consider little things like that just because. You don't necessarily want to announce to everyone that you are not home. If you have an apartment that's in like a residential house and you don't share your mailbox, you don't want that to fill up and all of a sudden now somebody's eyeing your house like... There's been nobody picking. I don't know if y'all still get newspapers, but if you still get newspapers, you don't want those sitting in front of your house. You want to make sure that little things that will alert people to you not being there aren't exactly um, sitting there waiting to be noticed. You may want to enlist uh, a neighbor or somebody if you know that you're the house that never has flyers and those um, solicitation ads and stuff sticking out your gates. I don't know what it's like in other states, but in, I don't know about states, but in New York city for the most part in like residential areas. I'm not in the suburbs, but not, not in the suburbs. It ain't as suburby as you think, but it's absolutely not like tall buildings and shit where I'm at. Um, but I live in a residential house. I'm an apartment in a house and I hate those, you know, realtors putting advertisements for selling and buying homes um, politicians canvassing and they put stuff in your doors. I don't like any of that in there. So I always throw them out. However, if you've got like 30 of them stuffed in your door, it looks a little sus. Also, if the mail is flowing out and stuff like that, also sus, you don't want nobody going through your shit, taking your mail. And you also just don't want somebody knowing that your home is, um, unoccupied. I know, I know some people that have um, a light that's on an automatic timer. That's something that if you're concerned with your neighbors knowing whether or not you're home, because um, you don't really fuck with them, you can consider buying yourself an automatic uh, timer. You, it's really not rocket science to program it. Program it. You plug the lamp into said timer, and then that goes into the outlet, and poof. I'm sure you can get one of those on the Amazons for pretty cheap. Um, deliveries and subscription services. I used to have a ton of like subscription boxes between crystals and plants. And I think it was mostly crystals and plants, but I think I had like three or four different subscriptions where every month I was getting either, um, a box of crystals and candles and other like metaphysical and really fun, hippie shit, if you will. And then I had another plant, a uh, service where I was getting like plants every month. Excuse me. You want to consider if what you are subscribed to is going to show up while you're not home. If you get like, um, fresh direct, is your food going to come while you're not there? Is that something that you can pause? Is that something that you can call your neighbor and be like, Hey girl, you can have it this month or put it in your fridge. I'll pick it up later. Consider those things. Don't forget about the little things that make your life more convenient in whatever first world method it does and then can be an inconvenience if you're not there to receive it. Um, let's see, car parking. Don't leave your car parked on the alternate side of the street parking. Or if you do, leave your key with somebody so they can take care of it for you. Consider whether or not your car is going to be in a good, like isn't in a spot that, you know that there's there's you know how there's that spot where if you park it there for like an hour, you're good. Nobody's really going to notice. But if you leave it there for a week or if you leave it there for five days, somebody might notice that mm, you a little close to the hydrant or this is really close to the end of the block. Somebody turning onto the street or off of the street can hit your shit, little things like that. You want to consider whether or not your car is in someplace safe so that you don't come home. Some more bills because you have to pay for repairs or any issues or, um, anything that's, you know, going awry, which your be, what else did I have? Okay. So next is screenshots and emails. I love having a photocopy, not photocopy, but like a photo of the front and the back of all of my credit cards, um, emailed to myself, God forbid I lose my wallet or my wallet gets taken I know what cards I have and whom to call. I have the number on the back of the card that is for U.S. issues and then the card that is like toll free and then international calls. Um, So any of that information that I'm going to need is going to be there. I don't have to, you know, dig through emails and not be able to find my account number because I can't sign a whole bunch of different ways things can go wrong. Um, What is it? Newton's rule. I think that's what it is I feel like as I've gotten older like I just don't I don't want to say I'm any dumber but I feel like I retained and my mind was a little more elastic if you will I still learn a lot but I just don't necessarily I know that I knew Newton's law Newton's rule at some point in my life like that didn't take anything from me to think of it and now not really sure of it but all that to say um I like to have a copy of the front and back of my card so that I have the information should I need it in a pinch. I also like having a copy of my itineraries. I take screenshots of everything. I don't like not having all of that information on hand and readily accessible because if I ever end up in a situation which always happens when I get right off the plane where I don't have cell service. I don't know what it is about airports. I have the absolute worst time trying to log into Wi-Fi once I land. Um not even going to lie, AT&T was I've only had I think did I have T-Mobile when I was traveling at all? I don't know, but I've traveled on AT&T the most. Most recently I switched to Spectrum and they don't have a good uh travel option. You gotta just like buy gigs. I don't know how many gigs anything takes to do. So I feel like I'm always gonna go over. That being said, I preferred AT&T. And what I liked about AT&T was I would just be able to use my phone wherever I was going the same way I used at home. They have a really great plan where, you know, if you go, um, depending on where you're going, you would put like a certain package on and you use all your shit. Like it's like at home. But that being said, I don't always have access to service when I land And of course, once you're going through customs, they ask a lot of questions. Where are you staying? What's the address? And so when you're filling all these papers out, or if somebody asks you to show proof of lodging or whatever, I always like having a screenshot of my receipt from Airbnb, or I like having a screenshot of the Airbnb confirmation with the address of the place that I'm staying so that I can get to that while I'm filling out my form while I'm on uh, the plane. Pro tip, always carry your own pen. Um, one, cause they don't always have enough pens for everybody on the plane. And two, you don't want the plane at the whole, it's at that point, the pen is for the streets. It's not for you. You don't want that. You know what I mean? You don't want it. You don't want it. Bring your own. Um, so I like to have screenshots of, or not screenshots, but pictures. I email all, and I email them to me and don't just keep them in my, um, my phone, like, album, my photo album on my phone, because I don't want somebody to be able to access that kind of information about me if they're able to get into my phone. So I have it sent to my email so that I like the email that I actually like log into, you know what I mean? And then also what are the, if somebody's able to get into your email and then if they're in your email at that point, it's, you've got a lot of other really personal stuff that's being exposed. But that being said, I email it to myself so that even if I lose my phone or my phone is taken, I can access email pretty much anywhere. If I go to, um, you know, my host or to the hotel and explain to them what's going on, same thing with the copy of your passport, the information page, you can have a copy of, like, you know, they say, keep a photocopy, uh, a photocopy of your passport, email it to yourself. You don't need to walk around with hard copies of everything if you don't really have to. I know I don't like having to be responsible for that much shit to carry around. So I email it all to myself. I also like to keep things like, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, the location I'm staying at and a screenshot of some of the itineraries or like the trips that I may have um, gone to just in case I need to contact someone And I'm having iffy service someplace. I at least know that if I'm going to use a landline someplace, like if I go to, say, um, a restaurant and you smile and ask for help or whatever, and you can, you know, you don't have service or your Wi-Fi is acting up, you want to be able to at least get to the information that you're going to do without having to sign in or use um, internet access to get to what the um, person's number and stuff like that is. So I like to have that kind of stuff. Screenshot. And you can delete it when you come home or delete it when you, you know, realize like, okay, this moment or the, the, the need for something has passed, you know? Um, I also like to be able to send my parents, my itinerary, like this is, I'm not going to remember what flight I'm taking. So here's a picture this way. You don't have to call me four times and ask me to remind you when my flight is. This is a picture. You can go through our text thread. It's going to be here. This is what, pick me up, please, on this day at this time. Um, I'm, of course, going to call and text somebody to let them know, hey, I made it to the airport. Hey, we landed kind of thing. But I like to make sure someone always knows where I am. A couple of my friends I share my my location with. I have an iPhone, team iPhone. I do share my location, so the bestie knows where I am. All my besties know where I am think, do I share my location with my boyfriend? I don't know. But ma, I feel like you're saying to yourself right now, if I had an iPhone, Dana could share her location with me. I'm not paying for it. That's on you, but <laughs> I love you. Uh, but I like to share my location with a couple of friends so that they know where I am at all times. And two, I like to make sure that my family has my, and my family, I mean, my parents, I'm not sending it out to everybody. I don't know if you are, um, near your parents or if your parents are your emergency contact. If, you know, if you've got a cousin that you feel more comfortable or that, you know, would be better able to, you know, keep track of you and your whereabouts, um, you deem the necessary or the appropriate person to keep in the loop for you know where or what your comings and goings would be send them your itinerary i don't usually uh send like full vacation itineraries like i don't show i don't send on this day at this time this is where i'm going on this day i'm stopping in here just because a lot of times i don't know what the fuck i'm doing every day but i also do check in every day i text or i call and make sure um you know the puppy's good everybody knows i'm you know my parents know i'm good and good to go but also one thing that I haven't done yet, but I've considered the last couple of trips doing is you can register with the consulate, like the, the, uh, us embassy abroad. Like if you're going to Iceland, you can notify the U S embassy that you will be there. And like the day that you're arriving and the day that you're coming home, like there's a way to upload or update all that information. So especially if you know, you're going to do um, a tour, like you've got something booked in advance. You can also include that information, there because God forbid something happens or there's a major disruption or, um, catastrophe, God forbid someplace they'll know that you were supposed to be in X location at X time and maybe someone should look for you or, you know, they know to put different things in place to make sure you're okay, whatever they do. But that is something to consider, um, signing up or registering with the embassy while you're traveling. I've got next confirm the must have amenities and transportation options prior to leaving. Learn the hard way in Barcelona. I actually booked a hotel, one, based on price, but two, also because they said that they had a shuttle that would pick me up from the airport and bring me to the location. Well, I was calling maybe three days or so before my trip to arrange for said shuttle that was advertised to pick me up from the airport and bring me to the location location. Wasn't an option because, oh, we don't have that. You have to call a taxi. $90 later, I was at the destination. That being said, I could have absolutely just spent the extra $150 and stayed in the city center and not had to pay like $300 in taxis for the, what, four days, three days? I think I was out. No, I was actually only out there. I think I only had four cab rides to and from the airport. Yep. That's it. To and from the airport and to and from Barcelona, like the city center, I was staying outside of Barcelona. So for cab rides, I promise you I spent at least $300. So, um, was very disappointed. I could have spent half of that and really been able to get around, explore and see so much more of what I traveled out there to try to experience than I did. So lesson learned, confirm those things before you get out there. If you're going to be taking the train, if you're going to be taking the bus, consider what time those lines that you'll need to access stop running. Um, Is it a limited service? Is it something that you are going to feel safe doing at whatever time you're going to arrive at the destination as well? Those are things to consider before you get there so that you can continue to enjoy yourself and enjoy the excitement on arrival. The next thing I had was you want to call your cell phone provider before you leave. The last thing you want to do is come home to a $500 phone bill because you made an international call that you could have absolutely had, you know, covered under whatever international phone plan or options are um, available to you. So you wanna call your mobile provider and see if they've got packages or um, some kind of service change that you can do or make on your account that will um, give you the opportunity to use your phone with as little conflict or uh, excess expense or cost to you than necessary. You absolutely don't want I've had that happen. I want to say it was my first trip. I think I fought at least half the bill. Like they were able to take part of it down. I think I made a call to, oh, that was a really weird one. And I don't have an answer for you, but I wanna say I was on on ATT. I had to call, it wasn't Guadalupe, Martinique to try to cancel the hotel that I was supposed to stay in because I ended up not going to Martinique because the plane um something hit the plane it was grounded and their contingency plans trash called to cancel but it took so long to go back and forth but mind you I called from New York and then they ended up billing me something wild crazy I think my bill was like three and change and they said it was because My international plan started, let's just say Monday, I made the call on Monday, but even though I made it, but because I made it from home, it was considered like a wild long distance call, which I don't, it it, it was one of those, how the fuck does this make sense moments? If it's an international plan, if it's an international feature, I'm putting on the service, like I'm putting this on my service. I'm adding this to my account for this window. Why does it matter where the call originates? Right? Like if I'm calling from New York, from Thailand, from Zanzibar, like I've given you your money. Like I paid for the upcharge for being able to make international calls. The origin made a difference. I don't understand it. Figure it out, but do it before you get there. Because the last thing you want to do is absolutely need to make a call home or, you know, square something away or need to get in contact with your host or a transportation provider while you're out and about and you end up paying wildly out the ass when you come home because you didn't set it up in advance, you know, cause it's one thing to use your phone just on Wi-Fi because you feel like, okay, yeah, I don't really need to do the social medias and I'm going to have Wi-Fi at the location that I'm going to. That's not always the case. You want to make sure that if nothing, you can make an emergency call or at least get yourself into a safe and uh, secure location. Um, I was, I just mentioned no Wi-Fi. Look into what the Wi-Fi is going to be before you get there. The last thing you want to do is think that you're going to be remote working and the Wi-Fi is trash where you get there. Read the reviews. Try to find a review from someone that's actually doing work while they're out there. Wi-Fi for Instagram is different than Wi-Fi for sending in your time cards for work. So you want to make sure that where you're staying or where you know that you'll be doing the majority of your work is in a a, uh, location that gives you the access to the Wi-Fi that you are going to need while you're on your trip. Um, Also things like, do you need to book and, you know, arrange for excursions in advance if it's going to be shoddy or if it's not that great or if you know that you're going to be like in the hills or something or if the reviews already say that the wi-fi isn't that great but everything else makes up for it and you're willing to deal you may consider booking your excursions before you leave so you might want to say all right well i'm going to specifically leave day x or y or day one and two for nothing, but I'm going to plan the things that I can't do without, the things that I absolutely know I want to do while I'm in this location. Those are some things that you may wanna consider before you get out there and realize, I can't do this the way I want to do this. And all these things have basically been factors in making sure that I'm able to enjoy myself while I'm abroad. I've stressed about these things while I was there because I didn't do them in advance or I've dealt with the repercussions of not doing it beforehand, coming back from a trip. So that's why I listed those things for before. And the after, a little bit shorter because at this point, you're either gonna do it or you're not, (laughs) you know what I mean? At this point, it's kind of like you're either responding, if you will, to what has been waiting for you because you either did or did not do something in advance. Um, but consider the, again, level of intentionality you put into your trip, the checking in with yourself and really trying to tap into what you need and what's best for you in the moment. Your travels consider what you know about yourself. What is going to make for an easy transition back into your work week? If you're coming home, say, Sunday afternoon or a Sunday night, and you know you have to go to work on Monday the next day, consider taking out your clothes for work the next day. Consider making sure that you've got a little bit of cash dashed aside for takeout, or you've got something. Um, frozen that you can, you know, quickly throw out, take out of the freezer and throw in the, what do you call it? The um, refrigerator to throw out for you to take to lunch on Monday or figure that out in advance. If you know that you don't really care and you just really just got to show up and you can figure it out along the way, it's absolutely fucking fine. But if you know that there are certain things that make your life a little bit easier, consider putting them in place before you even leave so that when you come home, you just take your shit off and get in bed if that is what your spirit wants you to do. So, kind of check in with who you know yourself to be and who and what makes for your experience to be a little bit more easeful going back into the routine of normal, if you will. Um, if you cleaned out your fridge before you left, like if you threw out food that could spoil or, you know, uh, give you any issues, spill or whatever by the time you came home. Again, I implore you, make sure there is something um, available to you when you come home. Are you coming home first thing in the morning on Sunday? You don't wanna come home to an empty fucking house, like in terms of food. If you know that you have the propensity to like blow your money on doing what you want while you're on vacation, consider if you're not gonna pay for takeout, do you have food in the house? These are little things that really sound dumb until you end up dealing with having to figure it out because it turns out it actually wasn't dumb. What else did I have? Uh work keys, work bag, all of that shit, your uniforms or whatever you're going to wear. Have that all set to the side so that when you come home, that's not something that you'll, you know, have to scramble with on top of being tired tired from your trip while going back in. Um just throw it in the hamper, trust me. When I don't unpack when I come home. So I ain't gonna sit here and tell you to unpack. But when I do finally go through my bags, like my travel stuff, I promise you, I'm not going through to see what I wore and what I didn't wear. I'm taking all of it out the bag and throwing all of it in the hamper. It's all going in the dirty clothes pile. I'm just gonna wash it all because I don't want to be bothered. Pro tip, take your bathing suits out when you get home. That's the one thing that I will always suggest, take your bathing suits out when you get home. Even if they like dried before you left your destination, it was still wet and on your body. So it's not like you just doing in a pair of jeans and you are going to wash the jeans or rewear the jeans. Whatever the case with your jeans are. Bathing suits for the most part I consider as fucking underwear. Take them out, throw them in the hamper. You don't want them to sit with your body on them. That's my personal stance on bathing suits and like underwear. So I try to just get that stuff into the dirty clothes just because I like that. Um, but you also don't want a wet towel. You don't want, if you bring wash clothes with you because the whites don't really use them. I am always tickled when I go to a hotel or an Airbnb someplace and they, act, and they actually like provide them always love it um but if you bring your own washcloth I always travel one just in case the place that I'm going to doesn't have one beach towels water shoes take them out your bag don't forget and let those mold and mildew and get gross in your bag and possibly ruin other clothes and you know ruin themselves what else did I have um Oh, and lastly, I have one here. Consider a dedicated toiletry bag just so you don't have to unpack it. You don't want to leave like um, your toiletry bag closed when you come home. So if it's like wet from the sink, whether or not you're because your toothbrush is never going to dry. I mean, if you leave it out, I never leave my toothbrush out when I travel. Something about just, I don't know, it just weirds me out. I always cap it and put it back in my bag. But um unless I have like a really large, like a lot of counter space, like some hotels have like wild counter space. And what I like to do is like lay everything out really neat and cute on the, um, hotel bathroom counters. But like, if it's a house or an apartment and there's not a lot of counter space, I leave all my shit in the bag just because, but so let's say you don't want to leave wet stuff in the bag. So open the toiletry bag, let it dry out take the the bar of soap that you didn't finish and let it air out as opposed to sitting in, you know, the plastic bag that you traveled with. So those are some of the things that I like to absolutely do on the tail end. So this list of before and afters that I enjoy and that I generally live by in my travels happens to be one of the many components to my solo travel planning, workbook bundle. I have a host of lists, charts, and informational sheets. Like, um, how did I do it? I did it like what I'm doing my hands. You can't see me if you're not watching the YouTube, but I'm looking for the word y'all. Um, hmm. spreadsheets. Thank you, Jesus. Spreadsheets for you to, help plan your trips. I know that sometimes, not even sometimes, all the time. I guess all the time. Sometimes is also fair, but either way, you don't know what you don't know, right? If you're not familiar with something, you're going to do the amount to which makes sense to you. If you, for example, in business, a lot of times you'll start thinking, oh, I need this, I need this, and I need this. Or you ask a question of someone and then you learn a little bit more and realize, wait a minute, if I would have asked this question differently, or if I would have asked this question by add and then added this to the end or taken this part out, I would have actually elicited the response that I really wanted. It's kind of like wanting a business coach, but then not knowing that you don't really want a business coach or just any old business coach. You want a business coach that specializes in your business, but that's not really something that you would have, or it's not really something that you may have the, um, wealth of information to know the distinction to separate or to point out. Does that, make sense? It's one of those things where sometimes if you don't know that it's something that needs to be of concern or something that you need to pay attention to, you don't necessarily know that it should be on your list of things. And as I've gone to the different destinations, I've really, really been able to accumulate a lot of fucking knowledge. And some of it is, none of it is useless. There is no such thing as useless information, honestly. But I really hope that this bundle is a tangible way to help you use the information that I've given you in the free solo planning, tra- the so- the free solo planning travel course. I'm not editing this out. So I love y'all for rocking with the kid, but allergies are kicking my ass. My throat is killing me. So thank you for bearing with me. But the course is designed to explain to you what I do. It gives you the information so that you can do it for yourself. The bundle shows you and gives you the actual tools. This is what I use to put everything together. So it's like you have the information, but now here's how to use the information. That's the distinction between the course and the bundle. So the course is free. I'm gonna tell you how to do it, but I'm gonna show you how to do it and hold your hand and give you what I use to do it for a cost. It's only... $9.99. 99 and it happens to be available for you for purchase on travelandshitpodcast.com. So, head over to the website, browse around, see all the little additions that I've added, little changes I've made, tried to do a nice little refresh, make it very user-friendly. You can go to the website and go to the travel resources page and everything that I offer in terms of courses and products are all easily listed there for you. There's a list of all the items that I bring everywhere I go, solo travel planning courses there, the, um, the bundle that goes with the course, as well as the mindful traveler course. So a whole bunch of ways for you to actively engage in being an intentional traveler to make sure that you are able to grow and develop the way that you deserve to grow and develop from all your trips, easily listed for you on the website. So, and I know, and I note that the travel resources are listed because sometimes you listen to something and you realize, oh shit, wait a minute. I know there was, she mentioned something about the thing and you know, ah, damn, that was a good thing, but you didn't write it down. I know I listen to podcasts all the time and I often am in the middle of doing something else. So I don't really have the capacity to take notes or to Note where the timestamp or a time frame is something so that I can go back to the episode and reference it. And nobody really wants to listen to something two and three times over again if you've already gotten you know what you want the entertainment from the ep- from the episode, right? So I've tried to make it a little bit easier for you to revisit topics and revisit information. And resources are really really something that I feel are best suited for the people in a uh, various different um, list, host of modalities. Not everyone is auditory. You can listen to the podcast for the entertainment, but then really want to sit and read or print something up and be tangible, highlight, take notes, and then come back and ask new questions if you want. But it's available for you, travelshippodcast.com. Social media links are all on there as well. Link to the YouTube for the video if you would like to see this adorable little face talking to you, you know, while you listen to the episode. So I appreciate y'all for coming and I will see y'all next week. Bye.